Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the RC Report. As always, the RC Report is a part of the IPN Network. One of our many shows is the flagship show because it's starring me, and I'm the founder of the network. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to go to iTunes and SoundCloud and type in IBN, then subscribe and follow on SoundCloud, that's their nomenclature, and rate the podcast on either SoundCloud or both iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Twitter at O'ConnellBomb, and you can go to our website at ConnellClassicallyBombastic.com. I don't feel like this lady needs any introduction, but Allison Wright plays secretary turned super spy Martha Hansen on FX <laughs> The Americans. How are you today, Allison? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm doing great, thanks. I like that you called me a a super spy already. That was, uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you're not quite a super spy, (laughs) but you've gotten into some some of the spy craft uh, last week. I feel like if it was Game of Thrones, I don't know if you watched the show, but they would say Martha entered the game. You kind of made others your pawn as opposed to being a pawn. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't watch Game of Thrones, unfortunately, so I'll miss all those references. But but I can follow so far, yeah. <laughs> you're British. I think you're required to watch Game of Thrones. I think that's like Right, yeah. I, I certainly <laughs> know a lot of faces in it. The, I think the very first episode, um, there was two guys in it that I had done my very first ever straight play with. Um, Sean Bean, who I think was killed pretty fast. I think he was the head of a family, though. Like yeah, right usually, yeah, he was the main character. He usually dies in his uh, his work. He usually dies <laughs> pretty quickly. Right. That's like the yeah, regular show. Pl- who else was it? I played with him when I was 11, and um, Owen Teal as well had a part, the Welshman. Oh, okay. I don't know who he That's played, good. but, yeah. And then I see a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, I feel slighted that I haven't been on it. I think I've got a great peasant face. I could be on that show any day, I think. <laughs> uh, when did you when did you first know that you wanted to be an actress? Was it an age? Was there a moment? Um, well, I started off uh, dancing. I started off doing tap dancing, and then that led to all sorts of dancing, which led to performing in musicals and pantomimes in England, which is a very specific thing that we have in England. You you don't really have it in America, but I'm sure lots of people are familiar with what it is. Um, so that was my crossover, and then. And then I started taking acting classes fairly young, um, I suppose from like seven or eight or something like that. I never had a better idea of anything to do, so I just stuck with it. Was it something that you just wanted to do, or did your parents encourage you to do it, or what was it that appealed to acting? What, um, what appealed to acting to you? Well, there's nobody artistic in my family at all. Um, since me, a couple of my nieces are involved in the arts, but the but I didn't have any examples to follow or anything. It really started with my mom taking me to the theater, I suppose. She loved musicals and she loves going to the ballet. And we always watched um, the movie musicals of the 50s and 60s were very popular in our house, I suppose. So it was my mom that got me into it via via dancing and singing and musicals. And then it that's how I, I wound up here, yeah. So it's all thanks to her. And she certainly took it upon herself to put me in my first tap dancing class when I was like four years old. I'm sure that must have been her idea. Um, so it was a good one. Yeah, it worked out for me. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> What's the best feeling acting is giving you? Um, I, I like... I like when I watch myself and I surprise myself and I don't know what it is that I'm going to do. And I I see myself behave in a way that I never 
seen myself do before and, and, and didn't know I did. That, those are the exciting moments when I see myself um, not behaving like I know I do. Yeah. Can you can you think of an example, maybe from the Americas or any other uh, work you've done? Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, any <laughs> hopefully, I'm seeing a lot of those moments all the time in in everything I watch. But I certainly see it on the Americans. Yeah, I just um, I I watched the fourth episode the other day. I won't go into any spoilers or anything now, but I think that was the only the first episode that I've ever watched live for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I saw you live tweeting I, it. You were very engaged. Yeah, yeah, I knew I wanted to watch that one. I wanted to be there for that episode, and I'm glad I did, yeah. Conversely, what's the worst feeling you felt um, via acting, or I guess maybe getting rejected on some level, or what's one of the worst feelings you've had? There are quite a lot of them. It's really um, a stupid, self-masochistic career to put yourself into. It really is, like the stuff that we have to go through. Um, One horrible thing that pops to mind is a play audition that I had um, not too long ago, and actually this has happened more than once that one just jumped into my mind sometimes you'll go into the room and people will be eating a sandwich while you're in the middle of doing your super dramatic monologue or shuffling through all their papers or texting on their bloody phones and it's so distracting and rude uh that happens all the time Um, something else something else that happens it's a pretty terrible feeling is sometimes they'll give you for an audition they'll give you like three or four scenes to learn you know sometimes they're significant they're they're uh, a lot of pages and then when you get there they'll just want to see one and of course you've split your time between learning three so I could be like three times better if you just let me only have worked on this one for the audition you know but that's this is a universal complaint from all actors I'm sure we all get it it drives us all nuts um but it's part of part of the crazy job, yeah. How much is your how much is your appearance a part of acting? And the thing I noticed more about you because it was the first time I saw you with America is that you kind of have a different look. Do you do you feel pressure or do you feel like you're not the type they're looking for or like how does all that play into? acting and well, for role or for parts. Since since every human is individual and we're all different and we all have different things to offer, I'm not sure what a different look really actually means. Um I guess from what we're commonly like the cookie cutter that you commonly see on on television, I guess. And I think you're beautiful, so I'm not saying I'm not saying, hey you're like no, I'm saying that you're you that I don't I guess from what I've seen on television that what you weren't you just you have a different look, I guess. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course, that's something that um, every every young actor wastes a lot of time trying to be something that they're not, trying to conform to what somebody else said was what you're supposed to be like, whether that's in your behavior or um, in the way you look, how you present yourself. We waste a lot of time as actors trying to be somebody that we're not. And I think once you embrace yourself and who you are and stop trying to behave in any other way than what is uniquely you I think you'll have a much better time you'll be a better actor and you'll be a much more impressive performer um what I think you're talking about um seeing there are certain channels that have to have like they'd rather have models than actors and that's apparent we all know that when we're watching tv shows we're watching a bunch of models do something instead of a bunch of actors 
we want the escape sometimes, sure, of, of having a fantasy of TV, but sometimes it's it's also nice to see yourself reflected back and turn on the television and see people that are real looking, um, sounding, behaving. I think that's quite comforting. And as TV progresses, I think we're leaning more into that in general, I think. We see more, we're seeing more and more of that. Speaking of real sounding, I didn't realize you were British until I started doing um, research for for this podcast, for this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you, and I've heard you say that you just kind of picked up your American accent. Did So it just, there was just no work involved. You just were able to mimic it really easily. <laughs> I just woke up one day and it was that. Um, <laughs> you know, I lived in, I've lived in the States for a long time now. Um, uh, so, and, and I grew up watching American TV, like everybody in England, I guarantee you like nine out of 10 people, it's, it's just easier for Brits to do an American accent than it is the other way around. It, it just is. Yeah. Are you, are you um, saying we're not good? Are, have you seen examples that we're not very good at mimicking you guys? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, plenty. I'm saying plenty. <laughs> I'm sure everybody has. But the thing is that our accents are more intricate. They're more specific. You know, your country's only been around, um, for 200 years. Are you going to pull that card on? Are you going to pull the uh, motherland card on us here? <laughs> meaning, meaning that our, the smallest of villages have been developing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more years than this country's even been around. So I can tell the difference of someone who's from 10 miles away from me in England. It's that specific. And to wow. us, like, I'm from a city called Sunderland, but I went to college and, and hung out and worked and everything in Newcastle, which is a city 10 miles away. Now they're like, they're like, they behave like each is the nemesis of the other and that their accents are totally different. And they spend all their time making fun of how different these accents are 10 miles away. And you just don't have that in this country because you don't have this, you didn't have the same kind of village um, expansion of, of communities, you know? So ours are just, so it's just, it's, it's much easier for you guys to mess up when you're trying to do one of ours because you'll jump from village to village or one second you'll be in Manchester and then you'll say a word with an accent from London and then something with an accent from Yorkshire. Whereas it's not that hard for us to mess up because your accents are more general at this point in time. So, you know, we, we have an advantage. We have a big advantage to be honest. <laughs> Do you, can you just turn it on and off? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can someday, you do it now? Yeah, can, you, just, can you do I, it? I, I, you know, and I'm so entitled as an American. Like when I hear the words American accent, I don't even consider it that because I'm the big ugly American. Like I try to be evolved, but I'm like an American accent. That's just how you're supposed to speak. Like we don't even think about it like that. But can you do it? Can you do an American accent? For sure. Us? I mean, we can we can do the whole thing like this if you want. I mean, you do have an accent. America does have an accent. You have a few, and I hate to break it to you, but that's the truth. Yeah. We we do. We're just we're just slightly entitled. But I'm working on it. I think I'm more aware. Than, I think I'm more aware than most of my fellow countrymen. Uh, do you get recognized in public? I do. Yeah. More. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Every day. Nowadays. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Have people you had in New York. Kind of funny, I'm in Manhattan. What do people say to you? What do people? People are very say? chill here. People are. You know, there's a lot of people in the business here, I suppose, but but people are used to seeing actors on the street and we behave differently than they do in Los Angeles about it. But people are very chill for the most part. They'll come up and be like, I really love the show. I love your character. You know, I think she's really great. You're doing a great job. Best of luck to you. 
and then they and then have you seen and, the reactions change since Martha's kind of coming to her own? I think the perception is that, and I don't actually believe this. I think Martha always was a pretty strong character, but the fact that she was being duped, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, she's an idiot!" Da 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 da. When it's really kind of easy to get duped by a spy. But have you seen reactions change from people <laughs> as she has become stronger? I guess a stronger character, or I guess a more well developed character. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I do think that people thought that. They were a bit frustrated at her um, not being able to see what was going on. But, you know, it's very easy from the outside when you can see everything to figure it out. Like you said, you know, I reckon most people could get duped by a super spy. But, no, I agree with you. And I think it's a credit to the writers and how they've explored her story and that people now are really have a real like tender spot for her and they really hate what's being done to her. Um, there are, there's a lot of cruelty in the Americans, right? You know, bones popping, whatever, people going in suitcases, throat slash being gutted and whatnot. But there's something really, really cruel about destroying somebody from the inside out like this. You know, there's something really cruel about, about, um, making every moment of somebody's life a lie. I mean, when they find yeah. out, how do you, how do you piece yourself together after that? You know, and most of these women didn't, you know, when they did find out, it's like three out of four of them committed suicide, like within 24 hours, you know, so this is you no joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're messing with someone emotionally, you're destroying them and you're, I mean, it just is, you're using them on the most basic level. Can you walk me through mm-hmm. the part, how you got the part of Martha briefly? Sure. Excuse me, sorry, I have a bit of a cold. Um, it was um, it was a pretty quick, easy transaction. You know, sometimes for jobs you'll have one audition, sometimes you'll have five. Um, it can be quite different. Martha was a, a very quick, last-minute thing that somehow my manager snagged out of the ether for me. I don't know how she got a hold of it, but uh, I had something like t- within 12 hours to, to get the audition on tape and get it to L.A. I had to do it super quickly. So my manager, we did it. We so you didn't even fly house. out in front of anybody? You kind of just did no. the audition, you recorded it, and sent it out? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then okay. later that week, a few days later, they got in touch and said that Joe Weisberg, the creator, and Gavin O'Connor, who was going to be directing the pilot, would like to meet with me. So I had another audition with them a few days later, uh, on tape again, obviously. And then a few months passed, and then I found out I got the job. Awesome. How do you prepare, or how did you, and how do you continue to prepare prepare for the the role of Martha? Um, this was a big one, and it you know it got bigger, and the the lifting got much heavier as we've gone along in the story. Obviously, you know this season's a lot. This season's um, it's a lot to deal with and a lot to prepare for, and the level of things that she's finding out. Because how do we, how do you um convey what that would feel like just exactly what we were talking about you know the level of of um of lies i suppose yeah like how do you what do you compare that with so um i kind of began to look at um the wives of serial killers and people that because i wanted to explore from the angle of all of a sudden you find out that your whole life this man you're with is not who you thought he was. And that's the most extreme version that I could think of that would be comparable. That you've been living this, your life with this guy, you know, and there are many cases where the wife 
he's killed like 20 people or something, 30 people. And the wife had no idea what was going on and didn't know who she was married, who or what she was married to. So I started um, looking into those kinds of things. And I came across a man called Gary Ridgway. And he was known as the Green River serial killer um, on the West Coast. Um, Pacific Northwest has happened in around about the same time as the Americans is happening. And he, because he had a wife that I thought looked like how I imagined Martha to look. She was very petite, five foot one, very small in stature, very friendly, open, innocent, childlike face. You know, um, she seemed to be um, a very positive person, kind of quiet, um, let her husband lead the way. Um, and she made me, I felt Martha when I looked at her and I thought, oh my God, that's exactly how I imagine Martha to be in my head. And though luckily there was a few interviews about her um, when she was talking about the moment that the police came for the third or fourth time, I think, and finally took her husband away. She had denied any, any, any kind of like realization about what was going on. If she did know anything, she was in complete denial. Um, and she talked about the moment, how it felt like a, a brick wall dropped in front of her. And from that moment on her life was never the same. And so that's something that I, that's one angle that I was researching for just to be ready for if and when Martha does find out everything. You know, so that's something I had to be ready for because I do feel like it's, it has to be a really big payoff. You know, this is the fourth season that we're into the show and people are heavily invested in her story. And um, I wanted to, to have enough research to go in whatever direction the story is going to go in. So that's, that's one thing. But um, okay. for me, researching is a, like one of my favorite parts of the jobs because you get to learn all about whatever it is the topic is for the play or the, or the film, you know, and you get to learn a lot of great stuff, and I love that. I will say all of your, your British superiority talk earlier was just confirmed <laughs> for me because I love I love listening to you guys speak. Like, I could just listen to you guys talk all day long. It's something just very soothing about it. And it sounds like you're being informed, too. That's just my, it's just my aside. Um, oh, that's very sweet. That's very nice. See, you Americans are always very nice like that. You're always very yeah, interested in Yeah, we can and... be. We can be. We, 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 like, mm-hmm. we have a lot of your actors and actresses in our, in our work. And I, I, tend to be, I tend to gravitate, and I don't know, and I'll find out. It's like, oh, they're British. There's a certain sense of Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. It, it, for some reason, it's just like uh, the guy that plays Loki, Tom Hillsworth, uh, the guy that was mm-hmm. on um, Homeland. And I didn't know these were British, yep. and, they're, and they're a long list of them. And I would look them up, or I would hear them speak on TV, and I'm like, whoa, what's this? But for some reason, I personally uh, I have a personal thing. And even the fact that I had you on my podcast, I didn't know you were British, but there's just a sensibility about You were just drawn to it, yeah? Uh, yeah, I don't Have know you why. been? And I've, no, I've never been, so I don't know. Maybe it's like my home away from home. I don't... Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't maybe know. it's like your past life calling you. Yeah, you maybe I was there at some point. Um, just an mm-hmm. uh, awkward change here. Are the sex scenes as awkward as everyone says they are? You know, you always hear to say, oh, there's all this lighting, all these people in the room, so it's awkward, and, we, and people you know, on the outside, we're like, oh, you get this hot guy or hot girl. But are they really as awkward as everyone says they are? Yeah, they really are. They just really are. You've got, like, 20 guys right in your face. It's really hard to to uh, um, to create a private moment for yourself. It's very difficult to try and create privacy, which is – those moments of intimacy are really about the ultimate moments of privacy. 
So it's a hard thing to try and create that for yourself to then be able to behave like you're in a private moment. Difficult. Yeah. And that's not even talking about, you know, personal embarrassment or whatever about what you, you know, your own body or something. It's not even going there yet, but just trying to create the intimacy is difficult. I have, a, I have a funny story about that. When I first started watching this show, generally the show can be kind of slow, and I know what's coming up. And I have children that were, I guess, three or four years ago. They were a little bit smaller. And I, uh, one of them came into the room during a particular scene that you were having with Clark, and he asked me what, what you were doing. And I'm like, oh, just <laughs> ate a food that you really liked, son. It's just great. <laughs> so, That's what you came up uh, with? She had a really good snack? That was your yeah, that's what I was trying to. It was, and, and it wasn't obvious because it was the scene where Clark was under the covers and Martha was being helped. And so uh-huh. he's like, "Why is she making those faces, Daddy?" And I'm just like, "It's just she just ate oh. something that was just awesome. It was great." <laughs> so. Oh my God, being a I, parent, huh? Oh my yeah, goodness. That's what I How much did you panic? I, I did panic. That's what I get for trying to sneak it in. Like usually, I can see the sex <sighs> scenes coming. But and they're usually with the spy craft and all that kind of thing. But but as the show progressed, there were more Martha and Clark scenes. So I was more aware after that. Yeah, they would do actually much more interesting cuts from a scene that's like from a, a random scene about something. They would often cut to um, quite a hot and heavy sex scene with Martha and Clark. They did that quite a few times, and yeah, it was just kind me. of a, it's they, kind of a jolt when they do it. They'll just stick a. They'll just stick them in there having sex at any at any given point, but it also just illustrates, you know, that's there to show us what their relationship is all the time, and that they are close and that they are intimate and that they are enjoying each other like that often. Yeah. Do you think Clark, or you know, we're going to call him Clark because I'm in Martha mode right now. Um, do you think he really has genuine feelings? I, I feel like at the the end of last season, there were times where he felt closer to Martha than he did to Carrie Russell's character. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, There's a lot of things, you know, Martha and Clark have this fake marriage that just has turned into a real marriage. It's a real marriage now, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it, it's a real marriage. They're having real arguments, they're having real problems, they're having real sex, having real conversations. And there's a part of him that he's able to share there's a part of himself he's able to share with Martha that he can't share with Elizabeth because Martha is like the opposite of Elizabeth. She's yeah. the ultimate empath. She's very open. She always wants, you know, to know more. Please tell me more. Let me in on, you know, let me in on it all. You don't exactly come so to she, Elizabeth for compassion. That's not like what right. you're, that's not her skill yeah. She'd like nut you or something, right? She'd chin you or something yeah, if you ask yeah, for exactly. it. <laughs> and you'd let <laughs> not ask for theme? that again. Yeah, exactly. What's the hardest thing you take for the show? Um, well, they can be hard for different reasons. Um, something can be hard that you didn't even think it should be. It can be hard because of technical reasons that don't come up until the very last minute. Um, How there are was, you there's what, um, um I suppose I haven't had that many terribly difficult ones. I have had ones that I'm unhappy with, but I, yeah, mm-hmm. it feels weird. They're not like emotionally and, draining. Like the beginning, oh, well, the, yeah, in the premiere, you find out that this guy that that Clark had killed the guy, and like that seemed like a really 
like after a scene like that, how do you feel? Like, are, are, are you drained emotionally, or you're just like, ah, just, I need a cheeseburger? Like, how are no, you not at feel? all. It's 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 interesting because we. Sp- I mean, you're going to see everyone that's listening that watches the show is going to see it's it's getting really really hectic right now, and it's getting Martha's situation is really super bad. And we were filming a couple of episodes over Christmas and we would, we did one right before the break and right after the break. And both of them were very Martha heavy and very, um, the pinnacle of her story, really, you know, really difficult, complicated stuff that I wanted to pay a lot of attention to. And so, you know, I decided that I, I wasn't going to go home to see the family at Christmas because it wasn't a mind space that I, I didn't want to step out of it in case I couldn't get back in there. Um, so it absolutely does affect your life and I was miserable I was uh it does seep in you know I was sad and there are certain scenes that we filmed that after we filmed them um I felt the personal loss and I felt because you have you've gone through all of the emotions right you've gone through the saying the things you've gone through your body's gone through it your your heart has gone through it if you're you know let's say you have to be crying and whatnot so physically you've gone through all the trauma so it's in your body still, whether you want it to be or not. So you do you, carry it around that, with you. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't separate yourself from the emotions if you're really being a good actor or a good actor. Yes. You yes. read the whole script as they come, and as Martha's role grows, do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage? I know you you said maybe you, you thought differently of making that decision, but now she's got a bigger role, but she's still in the dark on some levels. Do you think that's an advantage making that decision or a disadvantage? Um, I can't say because I've never done it from the beginning and that would have to be an experiment that he did from the very beginning. Um, and there's, there wouldn't really be a way to do it, to do it both ways and find out and see the end result, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of things that we do as actors that are like, just they're kind of our business and just our different ways to get in and whatever works mm-hmm. for each person. And somebody can be doing, you know, you can have two people in a scene doing very, very different things. And when you're looking at the end product, you can't tell. So in a way, it doesn't, you know, and it's not about our experience. Um, it's yeah. about the end product. Um, so in a way, that stuff kind of, it's okay to stay behind the the curtain and to not really know because you can't tell. I've seen stuff and I've seen end results and, and you can't tell if everyone's approach is really different. You can't tell when you're watching it. Yeah, and obviously you haven't been hindered. You, you've done fantastic work. Lots of critical acclaim. Claim from me, which doesn't mean as much, but we've got, we've got a couple listener questions. Uh, and you, okay. you, you can be quick because I know we're running up on our time. Uh, do you know anyone in real life like Martha? Uh, no, no. Well, I mean, you know, this, this, um, this lady, Judith Ridgway, that we talked about, I suppose, yeah. in, my, in my observation of her, she's most like her, yeah. Yeah, I mean there are uh, another, qualities that people have, but otherwise, yeah, no, not a, not a specific person. Yeah. Uh, do you know what does she say? Okay, the next listener says, did you use someone? This is kind of the same, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did you use someone you knew to bring Martha's personality to the, to the screen? Her face is so. She's talking about you. Your face is so expressive. Her scene at the restaurant was the best yet. So, is there any motivation for like your your facial acting, or is there? <laughs> or anybody that you know in real yeah. life? I take a I take a special class for face acting. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, you get at it. It's true. 
No, that was, I will say that that was a badass scene in the restaurant. I loved it. With that, it's what PJ Bloom did, choosing that song, Missy Blue, to put it over the top of that scene with Adahol was just the best. I loved it. I love that I have a great scene with the soul song in the background. It's great. Um, no, I think that's just my face. I think that's just what it does. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last question from them. Uh, do you identify with Monster at all? Do you like her? This is kind of a multi-part. Do you, do you identify with her? Do you like her? Uh, how do you think her character justifies still supporting Clark after he's basically killed someone? And she knows it. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I'll start with that one. Um, the fact that um, he's killed someone, he's killed her friend and co-worker, um, is inextricably tied in with the fact that it's her fault. It would never have happened if it wasn't for her. So it, that in of itself binds her closer to him. The guilt, the, the, the sorrow, and the wanting to not be caught, obviously, um, actually binds her tighter to him. Um, I am not like Martha in the sense that I'm, um, I rarely ever use denial in my life. Not a fan of it. Um, I don't approach things that way at all. Um, and your fashion sense is much, much different. I've noticed (laughs) your your fashion is much different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't approach things like her at all. And it was, um, you know, it was a challenge at certain points to, um, Luckily, I was able to go to the Jays and talk to them. Those are our creators, um, Joe Weisberg and Joel Fields, our showrunners. I was able to go to them and had to have it explained to me more than once that Martha is just slower at putting things together than I would be. You know, I would I would wonder why she hadn't made this connection and why she wasn't thinking about that because I'm I I don't really use denial in my real life and she does a lot on many different levels. So that was um, a challenge. And in that way, we're just um, totally different at our very core. Yeah. Allison, I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, my podcast. Just again, I can't tell you how much the people that read my work and listen to my podcast love your work and how much I personally love your work. And I hope you get nominated. I, I really do. I'm going to do a oh, social media campaign. I really, I really <laughs> believe you deserve it. Oh, thanks. Thanks for reaching out. And I'm, I'm happy to do this and, and talk with you. Um, I love it when people love the show. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And hopefully, we'll, we'll, I want to see you in a spy role. I want to see you in the Carrie Russell role in, in your next work. I want right? to see you be the spy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm, mu- I'm much more the villain in my real life, yeah. I can see that, too. I can see, I can see you being a villain. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. You could take some. You, you could use your accent, too. They would work. <laughs> right? Evil, evil accent, yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Allison. Okay, thanks very much. Bye. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye.